That got picked up. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode. I don't even know the number. What is this? 19. Episode 19. Famous number 19, Kevin. Give it to me. Famous number 19. Jacob Abenanti. Good job. I knew that's what you were thinking about. You were thinking me. That was my number. (laughs) All right. Welcome to the trade deadline spectacular. We have a very special guest for you today. One that you may have heard from a few times before, maybe on every other Inside the Ring podcast this week. Mr. Connor Green. How are you doing? Hey, hey, what's up, guys? Glad to be back, and uh, it's going to be a fun-filled show. Trade deadline is the most exciting time of the year, and can't wait for it to be over with already. <laughs> that it is. That it is. I think we're just going to kind of bounce around today. We really, you know, normally Kevin and I have a sheet, but there's no sheet today, so we're just going to bounce around. Our producers drop the ball and make us a sheet, so we're just going to just going to kind of go right off the cuff. Connor, what's your biggest surprise? You think that's going to happen in the trade deadline? You know what? Before we do that. What's your biggest surprise that's happened so far? The biggest surprise that's happened so far? I think that Montreal got a first-round pick for Ben Sherratt. I truly didn't think it was going to happen. Agreed. I didn't either. I, I didn't think there was a chance he was worth a first-round pick. His analytic numbers are terrible. Is he a big, strong defenseman who's going to help in playoffs? Yeah, he is. But do I think he was worth the first-round pick? Absolutely not. Do I think that really affects the market yep i do i really do definitely how'd you feel about that one yeah no that was like you're just saying you guys posted in the group chat with the analytics i was like these aren't eye popping no i couldn't believe that when i saw that how many more how many more people are better than them and what in montreal retained what 50 percent salary too yeah that is a positive but what was his his wins above replacement was zero percent that's I, I you know that's not ideal. I'll tell you that much. Connor, what do you think the biggest surprise is going to be for the trade deadline? Like, what do you think is going to be the thing that just makes everyone go what? Well, I mean, typically that's always going to be something that you're not hearing about. Obviously, um, correct. I want the, you to that. What I want you to do is go off the board. One of the the off the board ideas I've had that just makes sense. And this is not somebody whose name I've been hearing out there really at all. Um, is William Nylander in Toronto. I think Toronto needs to make a certain amount of moves that they don't have the cap space for and moving one of their, you know, quote unquote pivotal pieces is going to become a necessity. And if it doesn't happen at the deadline, I definitely think it happens by the draft. Yeah, I uh, to be honest with you, like I, I think Nylander has always been the guy who is going to move from when he held out from how he just isn't quite at the same level as the other big guys there. He's always been the guy who's going to move. But, you know, you have to look at it, though. He's almost a point-per-game player. He's 23 goals, 33 assists in 60 games. He has a minus 10. But do you think losing Nylander, and let's say they get a defenseman or they get some goaltending help, do you think they're a better team without William Nylander? It's, it's tough, right? Because that's that's a lot of offensive production you're losing. And the Leafs are the Leafs really have to be in a win-now mode because the future of the Leafs is not great. The salary cap's just not going to work. And as guys get older, they're going to demand more. And the cap's not going up. 
next year by much, right? Nope. It's still flat. <laughs> so there's rumors that it would go up about a million dollars. Yeah, exactly. That was but before. It's not going to be much. Yeah, that was before COVID, a whole bunch COVID of other COVID-4, whatever, COVID-3, whatever, how many COVIDs we've had. But I was hoping the Olympics could make hockey more popular. Nice job fumbling the bag on that one, Bettman. But, yeah, I just – I do think William Nylander can move. I think if any of those big guys in Toronto is going to move, it would be Nylander. I just don't think it's going to be now. Yeah, I mean, that that's still up in the air, like I said. Um, and, of course, this isn't somebody whose name is currently out there. As being talked about, so obviously it's not one of the the forefront topics for being seen coming down the pipeline. But nobody saw, you know, Anthony Mantha and Verana being traded between Absolutely Washington not. and Detroit. So anything can happen, especially at the last minute coming down to the deadline. Yep. Oh, I don't disagree even for a second. Let's. So I think I kind of want to just jump around to like the big name players we've heard, and then we'll get into some smaller ones. But in honor of him being Mr. 1000 tonight, let's start with Claude Giroux. Claude Giroux, um, just honestly, congratulations from from the three of us on reaching the 1,000 game mark and being one of the best players of our, you know, our generation and really sustaining success for so long. It's one thing he hasn't done is won the Cup, but that team's been pretty good because of him for a pretty long time. Um, what are you hearing about Claude Giroux? Well, obviously it's, you know, in his control with his – contract that he has and the no movement clause um it it really boils down to two teams for me i know that there's a lot of speculation that teams including the bruins and the blues have you know expressed interest but from everything that i've seen everything that i've heard it just makes the most sense that he's either going to florida or he's going to colorado and there's really no other choice and both teams have made moves this week to give themselves the cap space needed, whether they're, you know, involving a third party team to help hold another 50% of the cap or not. It's, it's out there and it's being talked about and happening. Yeah. I, I mean, I think Clojure is moving. If you watch the video um, released today by the Flyers PR of all the players doing their give their like gifts to him and stuff, you, you could tell, like it seemed like it was kind of from the trainers, at least like it was also a goodbye. Like this could be our last, our last time with you and thanking him for everything he's done for them over the years. So it's going to be weird. I mean, I, I think that it's, I think Florida is probably the number one destination. I think they are going to make the biggest run at him. And I hope he goes to Florida because I think if he goes to the avalanche, they're just a solidified all-star team. And it's like, is, is that just your Stanley cup champion at that point? I mean, you heard, did you heard um, Sutter talk about how, like, it'd be a waste of eight days? Yeah, feels bad for every <laughs> wild card team has to go play um, Colorado because it's going to be a waste of eight days. It's like Colorado is so good right now. Luckily for us three Bruins fans, the Bruins actually, they match up against Colorado pretty well. What's up, Kev? You look like you have something to say. You're just smiling. You're, oh, no, up? I'm just listening, man. No, you're just listening? Yeah, no, it's good. It's like you're talking about that, like, yeah, you said we match up well. We've been able to get a couple dubs against the Avalanche, and especially you know we can play with them when we're healthy. Yeah, we need I, Bergeron though. Yeah, that was I think, scary without Bergeron. Yeah, I know, right? So we can jump in a little Bruins talk. We're gonna be way off the board here today. The Bruins, um, 
the Bruins have been great lately. And I think like we get so held down by pessimistic Twitter Bruins fans and some of the Bruins fans that we're friendly with. The Bruins have played really good. And if they can be healthy and they can make the right moves, the Bruins are a contender to go deep in the playoffs. Do I think they're going to win the cup this year? I don't. I, I don't, as they are right now. But they have played some good hockey. But last night, looking at the roster, not that they played terrible or anything, looking at the roster and looking at what it looked like rolled out and looking at a late-game face-off with Eric Halla taking it. <laughs> I want both of your opinions. How do you feel about the prospects of life without Patrice Bergeron coming sooner rather than later? It's pretty scary, isn't it? Dude, it scares the shit out of me. Just like not having that stable body and you know the outcome before it's going to happen. Just that leadership, let's face off. Or Bergeron, like, he's a grinder. We've talked about it before. When Bergeron need, knows he needs to score, Does he's going to score. He's going to score. Like the other night in Chicago, he scored. He knows he needs the goal. And what's he do? He goes and scores. Like, but it's scary to think we don't have – you lose your 1C. Because we don't have a 2C right now. No. That's the whole thing. It's like now our top two lines have no centers. Like, it's and that's awful. That's why I agree with you. I'll let Connor go in a second, but one more point on this. I look at it and it's like Eric Hall is all fine and good playing second line center behind Patrice Bergeron. When Bergeron's not there, oh, hell no. This is not okay. All you, Connor. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you're hitting it on the head. I think you're just missing one thing. When most teams go into a rebuild, when players, you know, on the same caliber of a Bergeron move on and retire, the team turns around and they say, okay, we're going to build our next core around this person, this person, this person, and this person. It's usually a defenseman, a goalie, and a center. Well, guess what? The Bruins have absolutely no centers that you can turn to and look at in their pipeline and say, we're going to build around this guy. But what do they have? They have a defenseman and a goalie, so they're a step ahead of everyone else there. I mean, the argument could be made, but still, if you don't have a first-line center, we can't even oh. begin to start having the conversation about your second and your third-line center at that point. Oh, oh they, I mean, because they have third-line centers. That's what they have. They have a team full of fucking third-line centers. They have a bunch of prospects who are third-line centers. You know what? That's Here, the biggest problem. I just thought about this. I don't know how this is the first time this ever came to my mind. The Bruins are going to be the Montreal Canadiens of the last five to ten years. <laughs> a decent team with a, a good goaltender, good defenseman. They just have absolutely no centers. Unless they go out and they get one. Unless, I mean, you know, they, they have so they have That'll Johnny be the only looks option. like he's gonna be a good center, but he's gonna be a middle six center. He's not a top center. And that's that is what it is. Jack Stadnika, I I, I would love it to see it happen, but I think Jack Stadnika is a bottom six center. And he's going to be gone at this trade deadline. He might be. He really might be. So, he yeah. He made the freaking game yesterday. And that's where that's what kind of stresses me out in regard to trading away draft picks for the Bruins because we need to put some draft capital into the center position. We need to. We just we keep taking skilled wingers and stuff, and they're not really skilled wingers. We just finally took a skilled winger, but we keep taking guys who nobody knows and defensemen and things like that. Our decor prospect pool, I mean, we have a lot of top-tier talent on defense, guys who are highly rated in the draft. Has it worked out? Not yet, but it looked like it was starting to, and then injuries happened. So I'm less worried about the defensive position or any other position, really, than center. So I think the Bruins really need to highlight center, and they know that. I mean, it's not like they don't know it. 
Um, if they were able to go out and pull off a trade for a guy like Tom Ash Hurdle, it would have been a game changer for them. That would have been their new number one center. But didn't happen. He's staying in San Jose as he always wanted to. So, you know, I'd say it's like just, I don't look through it, right? The next name I had written down for us to go over, Max Domi, guy who has really just started. We heard about him. You talked about him a while ago. It went quiet, and now there's a little smoke there again. There's a guy who could come to the Bruins. Is Max Domi a number one center? No. Absolutely not. Not even a number two. I think he's a number two. I do think he's a number two. I think in Boston he's a number two. I think if you put Max Domi in between Pasta and Hall, he would be a number two center. He's He has a higher pedigree of talent than most guys. Every, every other center in the Bruins organization right now, pedigree-wise. If he could just get moving with those guys, I think you could see uh, Max Domi of Arizona or of his first year in Montreal come back out. But he's not – I mean, it's not your ideal number two center. But, like, what do you do? I mean, if you're going to go look at a guy like Max Domi with saying the Bruins are, who are you getting rid of? Like, you know what I mean? You have to obviously see him as a number two center because Coyle's your number three. So let's go down this path a little bit and have the conversation about him before we kind of compare him to some other, you know, center depth topics. Here's my thing with Domi. Outside of one massive year that he had with the Canadians, he hasn't really amounted to anything. He's played on consistently bad teams. I'll give him that. Yeah. But putting him with a posture knock in a hall isn't going to work. They play an up-tempo, move-the-puck, making-flashy-move style of play. Domi's more likely to fit in your third-line identity that we have right now alongside the Frederick, the Coyle, yeah, the Smith. I, I agree that he would fit better there. I do. So agreeing but, that he would fit better there, here comes the, the second part. This is the most disgusting part about it. His cap hit is a $5.3 million cap hit. Yeah, that's this the year. problem. That's even more than DeBrusque. Yeah. That's and you're problem. arguably getting less production. Oh, yeah. I, I'm not saying that he's like the guy to go out and get for Boston. I'm, I'm not at all. It is, he's a guy that they're talking about, a guy they're saying would be a fit in Boston. But where's he fit? When you really look at it, it's tough. They would have, the Bruins would have to see him as being on that second line, or it makes no sense. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. my point here. It's not that I'm saying he's our ideal center, second line center. It's that they must see it something there unless they're thinking about moving coil which i don't think they are don't think it just doesn't make sense that wouldn't make sense they're thinking about that you're not moving coil for max domi max domi does have more natural talent than a lot of the guys in the bruins but he hasn't been able to access it so i agree with that too so here let me let me throw you another comparable name in there who i think has an equal level of talent but is able to produce more and that's andrew Koff on the winnipeg jets Hmm. that i think talent, is not even close talent's not even close production i would say is close he produces a little bit higher rate consistently but not i mean see i'm taking like it's it's hard for me to even agree with that i'm taking max domi over andrew cop even though Kopp i hope every other general manager in the league thinks about jake debrusque the way that you think about max domi no, I, it, I mean, they kind of, they're pretty similar. <laughs> they really are pretty similar. You know what I mean? Like they're guys who have a higher pedigree of talent and they haven't fully met that expectation. But still, like, I mean, Domi's stats are not that bad. They're really not. Like his two, his last two full seasons, he had 28 goals and 17 goals. 
Last year in a half season or 54 games, he had nine goals. He has nine goals in 51 games, 22 assists. It's not terrible. You know what I mean? And he plays a rough, tough game. It's like, it. I don't know. So Not saying he's ideal, but. So would you pick him up as a rental or do you would you try to. No, you're, I mean, you're not picking him up as a rental. You're going to try to have to re-sign him, but his cap hit wouldn't be able to go up. So that's where it's just like. I know. I, I'm not saying that it works great, but I don't. I don't like love Andrew Kopp either. Like I don't think Andrew Kopp's really the answer to the Bruins. What the fuck's he doing? He's another third line center. He's King Cox. That's what he's doing, Jake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it uh, looks like he's going to come back from that this weekend. Um, yeah. But no, I think Andrew Kopp has more ability to play in a second or a third line. No, they have the same time. amount of fucking points. They're literally the same player, just different. <laughs> same but different. They produce the same amount. Andrew Kopp is – have you – he's not like a top-end talent player. He's, he's a grinder. Well, I'm not saying he's going to be your next Patrice Bergeron or David Krejci by any means, but <sighs> I would take him and his 3-6-4 AAV over yeah, for the Domi price tag. For day. the price tag. For the price and tag, he is – We haven't even discussed, you know, what kind of package or asking price would be needed to go the other way. For both these guys, it'd probably be pretty similar, right? I have no idea what it would be. What do you think it would be? So I had uh, seen something from The Athletic, um, and this was pre-Cali uh, Yarncroc trade yesterday, that they assumed it would be a prospect like Jack Studnika in either a first or a second round pick for Andrew Kopp. Yeah, I'd say no. I'd say no. If it's a second round pick, I'd consider it, but not a first. After the Yarncroke trade, I could see Studnika and a second round pick being, yeah. you know, the ask there. And that would be perfectly fine, in my opinion. Yeah. So, yeah. I wouldn't have big of a problem with that. It's just, I, and then it's like the Bruins team's playing good at forward. So, do we just ignore forward for this year and we really focus on defense? You know what I mean? Because the forward group's producing. The bottom six is starting to produce. And it is inevitable that Marshawn and Bergeron do get going again. Uh, potentially. Um, uh, I, mean, I also think that it's it's really going to pivot on the Jake DeBrusque saga. Because yeah. it sounds what like he's going to stay. Don't, that, was later in, that was later in my little sheet I made for us, even though I said we had no sheet. I just wrote one up quick. We can jump right into it. It makes sense now. Jake DeBrusque, what's going on? What's your pulse on that? That's been our topic. You've came on here three times now to talk Jake DeBrusque. Well, what are we feeling? Sounds like he's going to stay in Boston until the end of the year. Yeah. They they want to make a trade and to move on from him and to, you know, appease his request. But they haven't gotten anything that knocks their socks off. And for the Bruins right now, they're not having any kind of appetite for a, a struggling player who wants out for a struggling player who wants out. No, especially not when, especially when he's been playing pretty good, and he's been like working his bag off in games too. Like that's the thing; it's it's he like looks like he wants to stay on this first line, and he's playing hard and he's engaging when he's get when he's in the zone first. He's going in deep, he's hitting. It's like fuck, you're gonna have to give us something legit, or we're not giving him up. So it is what it is, right? Like what are you gonna I, do? I think Trade he understands that this is his best opportunity. Yeah, to get himself out of Boston and to get himself a potential raise from what he's expected to get. Cause exactly. if he plays lights out the rest of the year, oh, he's and he scores another five someone. to 10 goals, you know, his QO at four, one to four, three next year. doesn't look so bad. No, no, 
I agree. It, it's but like you, <laughs> then you circle back to it and it's like, um, it, what do you do? You try to make a move in the off season. I guess that's what you'd have to do. But then you like, I, I fantasize about the idea of the Bruins go, they win the cup. DeBrus wants to stay, you know, but it's like, do we really want him? A guy who wants to leave that bad. And when he's having success, still the team's having success, you know, that locker room's fun to be in right now. And he still wants out. It's like, eh, maybe we don't want to keep him, you know? Yeah, and he did publicly say that he's not walking back on the trade request. So no, no, no. You gotta respect and, it. <laughs> respect, you know, respect it. I didn't see him being a lifelong Bruin by any means necessary because no. he's come out before and said, you know, this not isn't my hometown. I'm not yeah. gonna take a hometown discount. He goes back to Edmonton for the summer. Yeah. So I mean, the writing's been on the wall for quite some time. I mean, I, I also don't think that him being one of those three first-round draft picks in 2015 helps at all. For what? Trying to get him out? No, for him wanting to be here. I think that... Oh, yeah, it's been it's been hellish. What do you mean? Bruins fans have been nothing but critical of that draft nonstop. They look at DeBrus, they look at Kyle Connor, they look at Parzell, they're like, fuck this, obviously. So, like, it sucks. Even when he had success, people were like, well, Barzell's doing better. So, yeah. I mean, it, it hasn't been fun being, I think it takes a certain mental makeup to be a New England athlete. And I don't think DeBrusque has that. I think you need to be a little more hardcore of a human. That, yeah. You know I, mean? I mean, but if he really gets what he wanted and he goes and he plays for the Edmonton Oilers, right? Do you think that the media in Edmonton is going to be, they will be just as bad. Want to know what's going to happen? We're going to get, this is the segue of a lifetime. We're going to trade Jake DeBrusque for Jake Chikrin. And that is going to be the ultimate condemnment. We're going to send him to go play in Arizona. And he is going to be, when he finds out that the Bruins are shopping him, which he obviously knows, if I was him, I'd be running to the GM's office trying to take away my trade request if I thought I was going to Arizona from Boston. You're too late now. I know, it's too late. Imagine that, you're playing for the Boston Bruins. You guys are winning, winning a lot right now. You're moving up the standings. Without a doubt, the Bruins Bruins will surpass Toronto in the standings before the end of the year. They will, on goaltending alone. Jake DeBrusque, if he gets traded is probably not going to a contender. He's going to go to some shitty team in some shitty situation. But is Jake the kid who cares about that? I don't know. I really don't. Does he just want out of Boston? Does he just does he hate Bruce Cassidy that much? I don't know. But I know I wouldn't want to go to Arizona over Boston, that's for sure. Well, I think one thing that's interesting to think about is even if he rescinded his trade request, I don't think that changes anything from Don Sweeney. Oh no! And they, he will no. still get rid of him just for the pure if, fact of if they have the right deal in place. Yeah, I mean, regardless, even after the season's over, I don't, I don't think they would qualify him again. They'll trade his rights away to whoever. Yeah. Um, but even if he took it back and he said, you know what, I don't, I don't want to be traded anymore. I want to stay here. No. From from an organization standpoint, they do not like it when players come out into the media to try and force a trade. Anything request. negative, they don't like anything negative. The Bruins. So, so if he turned around and said, "Oh well, I'm playing on the top line. We're winning. This is great. I'll yeah. make my money." Don Sweeney will say, "You disrespected the brand. You disrespected your teammates. Disrespected the front yeah. office." Goodbye. Because, like you know, as we found out through this process, the players knew that Jake wanted out way before it came out. His agent and him made the decision to make it public. 
to fuck the Bruins in that situation because he was pissed that he got he was sent up to the 19th floor. He's pissed. He didn't want to watch. He wanted to play, which is respectable, right? It's all respectable. It's all understandable. I get the Russ point in it. He was trying to get out because the situation was shitty. I get it. I get the Bruins point being like, fuck you. You know what I mean? So it's kind of, it's, it's tough from every angle. Kev, you've been quiet, buddy. You've been quiet. How do you feel about Jake DeBrusque? How do you feel about all this? We love to know. Yeah, no, it is tough because, like, you guys make great points. It's like when he's on, having him in that top line, alongside Bergeron and Marcy, it, it's something. Like, they had that connection. Like, when he went on that whole goal-scoring streak and he had the hat trick, like, you can't argue the talent's there, the skill's there, the connection's there. Like, they fit well together. But when it comes down to attitude and, like, being a locker, cancer and stuff and just having that dark cloud float around him, like, we all know. I will interrupt you. I do not think he's a locker room cancer. I think Jake has behaved well. In well, if you let me finish what I was going to say, I would have fixed it. Okay, fix but Yeah, it. no. But like we said, he goes, out, he goes out every night and he plays his heart out. Oh. So I shouldn't have said locker room cancer, but if you let me finish, I would have contradicted myself. There you go. But. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just he said he plays his heart out. He doesn't give up. He wants out, but he's proven like, yeah, this is what you're gonna lose if you do get rid of me. So it's tough. You just want the guy to be happy, but you also want to win and you want to get something in return from him. You don't want him to just walk out and boom, you waste it. First round pick. But, I mean, they wasted three first round picks in a row in 2015, right? What what could I be know, worse? So, yeah. I mean, that that's what I think. Like, everybody, and I get it, nobody really wants to talk about 2015 draft. It gets beaten down and talked about all the time and criticized. But with what you're seeing now happening to the Bruins roster and organization, it's hard to look past the fact that if things were different at that draft – there could be a whole different view about the Boston <laughs> Bruins right now. You kidding me? Completely different view. You kidding me? You kidding me? If we drafted Thomas Shabbat, Kyle Connor, and Matt Barzell, you think we'd look a little different? You think maybe? Uh, Matt maybe Barzell, just slightly, dude. Thomas Shabbat. Uh, like fuck. Even you if you, you think we said a little different. Even if Kyle you said Connor Shabbat, about the 40th goal. Debrusque and and Barzell. I could yeah. live without Kyle Connor. You said those guys are like seen as the big three concern? from 2015. You know, sure. uh, it's yeah, tough. It's, it'll always be it's it's Don Sweeney's career as a GM will always have the black cloud of 2015 around it, and it's funny because it always comes back to that. Right? We talk trade request Don Sweeney 2015. We talk trade deadline Don Sweeney 2015. This summer, after we're celebrating the Bruins Stanley Cup win, we're going to be like ah. Could have won five other ones if it wasn't for Don Sweeney in 2015. I'm sure there's someone right now just left the Boston parade hammered. They're in Southie. They're sitting in a pub and they're bitching about Don Sweeney in 2015. I guarantee it. You know why, right? All all of the drafts since 2015 been good, pretty good. Have been fine, pretty good they've, or normal. They've been fine or great. Like, yeah, I think Pasta, 2016 pick. was the McAvoy. <laughs> Oh, wait, wait. Pasta was picked by Shirelli, wasn't he? Uh, I yeah. forgot what year that yeah, was. I think it was Pasta was picked, that. Yeah, he was picked by Shirelli. Yeah. Um, McAvoy, great draft pick. Then you've got Vakanainen. I think Vakanainen was 2016 in the Chicago draft. That okay was that draft, draft pick. pick. We'll call it okay. 
so far it's he's played NHL games. He so looks like he could be an NHL player. I'll give that a pass. We'll trade me, but... Swayman, great pick. He wasn't a first round pick. Get out of here. I know. I said great pick. Oh, okay. Oh, we're talking about first pick. round draft picks. Oh, I mean, you got to. Oh. I mean, well, the Bruins have traded away a bunch of first round draft picks, so it's tough to just follow each year. But Mason Moore has a second round pick. Lysel. Fabian Lysel. So, like, I had Fabian Lysel as a top 10 draft pick. So, yeah, I was pretty happy. I right, so now, eight or nine. now that we're on the topic of uh, Fabian Lysel, should we go into our little Q&A bag of a question? Oh, we can't yet. We have so many more names to cover. Yeah, we got oh, okay. so, so okay. go there. We got, we got three major names we got to get to, so I'll get this moving along. Let's talk Campus Lindholm. Let's do it. Let's do Ooh, it. Kev, you wrote the article. Lead the charge. Campus Lindholm, buddy. <laughs> yeah, this is a good article. It's going and getting ready. Read it. Just go read it. It's my pride and joy right now in my writing career. But um, yeah, no. So the Hampus Lindholm trade, um, as we saw, and I was they're a seller. They understand that they have the pieces to contend, but the season's a little iffy. Like, like their GM said, he goes, "We could be a playoff team, but we couldn't be a playoff team." And I'm not going to let all these guys leave without getting any return for them. So that's been the biggest thing with Anaheim. And what's leads to Lindholm? Once the contract extensions went, like, soured and they went dry and everyone's like, this isn't going to happen, it's, you know what, we're going to trade them all away. What's leads us to Lindholm, who wants an eight-year, eight-million AAV, which it's kind of high. Uh, he's 28 years old. But he's a stalwart on that defense. He's a big defensive guy, big-bodied. Um, he'll get you some points. But he's what you want in like a top defender, top four defender. And, yeah, it, it would cost a lot to get him, but we could, we could possibly do it. We could swing that trade. But just come down to do we want to pay him eight years and eight million? I don't know. It's going to be tough fitting in the cap, that's for sure, especially your positive contract coming up. That's definitely something that you want to sign. So you're going to need some top two centers eventually. So you really got to put down what you're willing to spend now and what you're willing to – so, yeah, because you don't want to sell yourself short. So it's definitely an interesting one. Connor? Well, I mean, where do we even start here? I mean, I feel like we should talk about what it'll cost. Right where Kevin ended is where you should start. I want to start with the cost because to me, it's the most important thing for trade deadline. The Ducks want a first round pick, a grade A prospect, and another piece, whether that's a prospect or another draft pick later in the draft, you know, somewhere like a third or a fourth round pick. So for the Bruins, you're probably looking at a first and a third and whatever you want to classify as a grade A prospect, which really comes down to somebody in the Ashan, Lowry, Lysel category. I think Ashan is a little bit of an over. I don't know if you can put him as grade A with the other two. I agree with Lysel and Lowry, but you can continue. So the price is high at minimum. Then it turns around to he is going to be a pure rental unless he is willing to sign here, which obviously Boston is one of the places that he's previously said he would be open to going to. Yeah. 
but he is looking for a seven to eight year deal somewhere between seven and a half and $8 million AAV. That is a whopper of a contract to be paying him when you're paying McAvoy even more than that to potentially play on the same pair. Yeah. Agreed. Would I love to see him in Boston? Absolutely. But right now the contracts of a, a Derek Forbert, a Nick Felino, a John Moore, that's what's getting in the way oh, really of that being my, a reality for me. Ruin my night, making me think about all those dollars and senses. That's those three players right there are like nine million dollars. Oh, oh no, I know, I know, I know what the cost. Uh, it, it, it makes awful. me sick. So, so let's get let's let's change the tone, Connor. Let's change the tone. I think we all know where you're going here. We're looking at this as a Hampus Lindholm's a guy we'd like to see in Boston, but he's not our number one choice. He's not the guy that we would be like. That's who we want. Who is who is the guy that we would definitely want? Drumroll! The guy that you ultimately want to be a Bruin by the end of the deadline. Jacob Chikrin. Correct. I was just looking at Jacob Chikrin's stats. He had 19, 18 goals in 56 games last year. If you let this guy pedal, he will pedal. And wow. I know mm-hmm. In a lot Minus, of he is, he is like, dash 20 this year, but I think that's kind of no, his team the, the is like That's the like, Arizona Coyotes effect. Yeah. Go ahead. Hey, Paul Bissonnette so was a minus season. player playing for the Coyotes. Think about how good he was. Yeah. Look at his last 10 games, though. He has two multi-goal games. Like, back to back games, he had two goals. Like, it's crazy. He's been finding his rhythm before that ankle injury, which isn't severe, by the way, everybody. Oh, he's yeah, I think that um, – I just think if you're willing to spend that amount on Hampus Lindholm, you should be able to be very willing to spend at least one more piece for Chikrin. Chikrin's mm-hmm. the spot where I don't really care about moving a first-round pick. I kind of was on the edge about it, but after talking with Connor, honestly, yesterday, really, it, and my dad, too, because we were just talking about how, like, it doesn't matter. Like, low-ride being a top-level prospect doesn't matter. That first-round pick doesn't matter because Chikrin is a top – NHL player. He's a guy who is a top NHL player. Yes. I think as hockey fans, we fantasize the idea of what could be. Well, you're not getting the next fucking Wayne Gretzky, okay? If you have a guy who's a number one defenseman to play with your already number one defenseman, they build instantly one of the top young defensive pairs in the NHL right away. Chikrin is not expensive. You add another American boy to that top line, those two could dominate. They could literally instantly put fire in the Bruins now. And they could make it so the Bruins never fully have to rebuild because they have such a top-tier talent pair. That's it. That's it. Knowing the Bruins are one of the final two to three teams going after Chikrin, sell the farm for them, okay? Not the whole thing, but at least a piece. Sell a little real estate. Jake DeBrusque, see you later. Jack Stadnika, if it has to be, see you later. If you have yeah, to go I, first round too, see you later. I think that package is going to base around a first-round pick. Somebody like a low rye or a Sean. It has to Jack Studnika yeah. and then one more piece. Yeah, which I to mean get that it, across the you'd rather line. it not be DeBrusque right there in that situation. But if it is, it is because Chikrin isn't a guy who's just gonna help us this year. I've That's been told the that the Arizona Coyotes aren't interested in DeBrusque. Yeah, I mean probably because they know he he won't resign there. He has no interest in it, and he wants to go to Canada Canada. 
So it's just I, I don't I don't see DeBrus fitting in well there. It's more like that's a you know, you know what they're trying to do right now. They're trying to sell everything, they're trying to get guys who make money that no one else wants, like like Nick Ritchie. And they're just gonna they're just gonna roll along and they're gonna try to get Shane Wright and then they're so, gonna come back so and try to get Connor Bernard. Let's get creative here, right? Uh, I just put my Bill Armstrong pants on for the day and I'm going to trade Chikrin to Boston and I'm going to, you know, I'll accept the brusque. I'll take the brusque first round pick and one of your top prospects, like, you know, a low rye, right? Yep. I can then take the brusque and I can oh, eat, half, eat half of the salary <laughs> yeah. and ship and him to Edmonton oh, for yeah. A first round pick, first round pick probably. Yeah, that's all I know. I know that's a hundred percent. I agree with you. I don't, I, that, that was literally running in my head as we were saying that they don't want them, but cause they could do something with them. Cause they just have unlimited cap space. Cause they suck. You know, I, I have like, to the point where they're trying to acquire dead cap space. They're literally <laughs> trying to get dead cap They're It's wild. It's they're They're a joke. And they're Gary Bettman's little baby. And Gary Bettman is a failure. And so is the Arizona coyotes. Um, that being said, <laughs> Chitrin is definitely in, in my mind for the Bruins to have a knock it out of the park trade deadline. I think Chitrin has to be in there um, from everything we've been hearing from people like Pierre Lebrun, Darren Dreger, et cetera. Um, it looks like it's down to really the Kings and the Bruins as the two major contenders uh, for Chitrin at this point. And what are the so the thing is the 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 thing that scares me with the Kings is two players, Gabe Velarde, and they could also they could offer Turcat, Turcat, okay, Turcat, fair he gets the deal done. We yeah. don't have a guy like that that we can offer. I don't no. think they're gonna go. They wouldn't. They wouldn't go Byfield. They wouldn't go someone like that. But Turcat no. get the deal done. Yeah, that's where I think it starts to get into the murky middle. But yeah, again, it's like, eh. for me personally. I don't but care they're, what they're you like, have to give up. To just go get him. Just get him. Because, because how many years till you're going to be able to get another number one defenseman to come play with McAvoy that's available like this? It doesn't happen. A guy who's an American player is going to go into a locker room full of other American players where he's going to be able to just fit in. And it's just there's a chance you get a guy who becomes a Bruin for life that gets to play next to McAvoy. Together they will dominate so Is let me ask simple? you a question. For skill, talent, and fit on the team, do you think it would be better to have Hampus Lindholm or Jacob Chikrin? Chikrin. It's not I... with nothing else included, well, just their skill okay. and their production and the fit on the okay. team. Okay. Who would you rather have? So we're not we're not talking about age either. Nope. Nothing else but the production they're going to give you on the ice. So just for right now, Chikrin is a little digress. comparable to McAvoy in regard to the offensive game. And Lindholm has an offensive game, but he's a little less inclined towards it. I don't think Lindholm is a bad fit. I mean, they're literally Lindholm's a little bit bigger. He's two inches taller, but weight wise, they're pretty much the same. Lindholm's actually a little lighter. Um, that's a tough question. I think if they're both, let's say they're both 23 and they make the same amount of money. Um, Leave that out for now. Leave that out. Don't even factor any of that in. Just I'm, just, I'm trying to look at them production. as equals. Like if you look at them as equals, I mean, not. I'm still leaning towards Chikrin. I think Chikrin has a higher ceiling, and I think he's a little bit better player. But okay. I don't. 
I mean, I don't know. It is tough. Like, I don't, I think they're pretty comparable. Like, I think purely, if you're looking at purely Perfect. these players, I would take either one. That is almost exactly the answer that I was hoping you'd yeah. give me. So if you go out and you give up the three pieces for Lindholm, you know, you're going to have to re-sign him at 8 million a year yeah, or you're going to have wasted all your assets. Yep. You could trade one more asset. And then you have him for three years. And you have Chitrin signed for four and a half million for three more seasons. Yeah, it's that simple. Virtually half the cost. Yeah. That is worth a first round draft pick. Even if you had to give oh, up yeah. two firsts and two prospects, I would be completely fine with it. Yeah, I- it's, it, I mean, like, cause really, like, when you really look deep at it, they're different players, but they're pretty comparable in what they bring to the Bruins. Both of them give you another alpha dog defenseman next to Charlie. They both do, but the cost—it's you got to look long term too. Because I mean, I'm and not then, trying to be a Bruins fan just for 2022. <laughs> you know what I mean? So this is my argument to people who are like, "Oh, the cost, the draft picks, yada yada." Do you really want to complain about Don Sweeney going and throwing picks out at players like a Jacob Chikrin? Or do you want him to keep the picks in 2015 us again? Yeah. It's like, I don't know. It's like, just, yeah, I'm good with it. It's it's I'm not a guarantee. And that's, I'm, I'm pretty positive. That's where you, you were going earlier with the text conversation we had where, you know, I said, you can give up a first round pick who may or may not ever play in the NHL. Right. It's right. That's, that's a correct statement for somebody who's in the NHL and doing it at a pretty elite level. So it's, for me, it's a no brainer, but I know that everybody's a critic. They think that they can do better than an NHL general manager, what have you, you know, myself included sometimes, but that's my job. Yeah, no, I, it's, I think we really could see it happen. I mean, um, so just so you know that they um a second opinion today confirms that the ankle injury isn't as severe as they feared. So they even got a second opinion on Chicken. I think it was actually last night, but he's supposed to come back this weekend. Yeah. What I so I, it's gonna be interesting. You know, the last time the last year we heard the Bruins really involved in the biggest name in the trade deadline was last year with Taylor Hall and they got the deal done. Completely different situation, but Sweeney has been good at getting guys he's also been good at re-signing we don't give him enough credit on that so Mm -hmm. he knows i mean he knows is like where you don't these these top blue chip guys don't just come around every year like there's not going to be jacob chikrin on the market again next year no so go out and get your guy it's that simple go out and get your guy I think that that's that's it with Chikrin. I think we all agree. We've talked to Brusque. I have two more topics on the sheet for us that I, then we can go random. But um, Mike Giordano, Mike. I just said Mike Giordano. That was fun. Mark Giordano. Mark. Um, I don't know. Just trying um, to say that name. Um, <laughs> he's on the Bruins' radar. Yeah, he's going to the Leafs, but it's not where he wants to go. He's uh, going to the Leafs. Book it. Yeah, it already sounds like his preferred destination is Toronto. Yeah. Hey, the Sox just won 14 to 1 against the Minnesota Twins. Oh, nice. Congratulations. I heard first uh, spring, first uh, spring yeah. The right, best news to... in Boston sports so far is that David Krejci's team just got knocked out of the playoffs. Oh, Krejci's coming back? <clears throat> you never know, but that'd be funny. So that would now, be wild. Now's the time if it's going to happen. That'd be, <laughs> be kind of funny, wouldn't it? It'd give us something to talk about. But 
Back, back, back. Brain spin. But yeah, I think Giordano. Yeah, there we go. You're back on it. You go. You go. <laughs> they want a first round pick plus a prospect for him. He doesn't want to come to Boston. He wants to go to Toronto. I don't know that Toronto is necessarily going to be able to pay that price for him, especially because it's definitely going to end up being a rental deal. But if that's where he wants to go, you know, maybe Seattle will do him the favor, you know, since he's the quote unquote captain there, even though that kind of seems like a sham now, you know, maybe they'll do the flurry and do right by him and send him where he wants to go for whatever they're going to get. Yeah. I don't know if I see that happening, but I think um, I think he goes to Toronto. I think they make a deal and he goes to Toronto. He's a great fit for Toronto, so I mean, like that's what they need. And Toronto needs Mark Andre Fleury more yeah, than more than more than, than grass needs water. water. Okay, good. We're in the same we're in the same spot there. <laughs> yeah, like I don't I so it's so crazy to me because I really went into the season thinking like Toronto finally has some rock solid goaltending, and they did. They did. And then they Torontoed themselves. They Toronto. It's it's like it doesn't matter who the players are. They are cursed. The Toronto Maple Leafs are cursed. We had a new um <laughs> Leafs writer join the team yesterday and I think what did I say to him? I said, "Hey, welcome to the team. Sorry the Leafs can't get out of the first round." <laughs> it's just like it's their <laughs> curse. This is what it is. Now, one one quick thing while we're talking about Toronto since this is a Boston podcast. I know that Boston Bruins fans have a lot of love to hate of the Toronto Maple Leafs, but in all honesty, if you're a Bruins fan and you want to see good, positive things out of the salary cap, you are hoping that the Maple Leafs will win a Stanley cup at some point. Oh, yeah. Because no the cap will explode. Than, yeah. The Toronto Maple Leafs are the most popular team in the NHL in regard to, funds behind fan base toronto is a rich city with a huge hockey culture everywhere you go you walk down the street in toronto there's fucking the maple leafs games on flat screens on the side of buildings it is a hockey city if the toronto maple leafs won the stanley cup it would be the best thing that could happen to the success of the nhl agree 1000 percent. and to be honest it wouldn't even like it just i it's, it's tough to say this as a Bruins fan, but like I, it, I'm also a hockey fan. So like I wouldn't hate to see Toronto win a Stanley Cup as, if the Bruins are already out. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I, like I don't, I, I like Austin Matthews. You know what I mean? I like guys in that team. I think Mitch Marner is a great player. So I wouldn't mind seeing them win. I don't much. I just, I love beating them, but I'm not like, I don't hate Toronto. As long as they don't beat much. the Bruins to get. Yeah. Them. Yeah. That's my point. Like if the Bruins are already out, <laughs> hey, if the Bruins are already out. Then we the can Bruins hitch onto year, the wagon. Yeah, if the Bruins are um if we're uh we're tanking for Bedard next year, then I'll be right with it. So what's your next name on the list after Giornano? I think next you should name have one on the more. list. Next name on the list is actually a team. Oh. It's a team, Mr. Green, Mr. Kevin. Uh oh. Mr. Santangelo. The Vegas Golden Knights are in a weird place right now. They're the least healthy team in the NHL. They have, on average, had $19 million out of their lineup. And I'm pretty sure, as of two days ago when I checked, they're out of the playoffs by actual point percentages. Do you think they could become a seller? Kev? 
Do you think they can become a seller? I think we actually just lost Connor. He's coming back in right now. Yeah, but I, no. I think Vegas could become a seller. They're right now. They're sitting in. They're sitting in fourth place, but they've played one more game, and the Canucks have a better points percentage. So could they become a seller? I don't know. I feel like it's hard. Like you just went out Jack Eichel, but then you see they put Robin Leonard on long term IR. Yeah. So it's like it's tough. Like they're in such a weird situation. Because now what do you have three or four guys on long term IR? I mean, I don't know, Connor. So I don't know if you heard my full question. Connor just got back on. Um, Internet took a little. And so (laughs) we're looking at Vegas. Do you think Vegas could be a seller at this deadline? I think Vegas is borderline not a playoff team. I don't think that both Edmonton and Vegas make the playoffs. One of the two might not make it. I know how crazy that is, but they're it, maybe they both do, and I'm wrong. But the Ducks are right there, the Canucks are right there, everything. So like, I just don't, I don't know. I think Vegas could become a surprise seller in these last couple of days. I doubt it, but I do think there's a coincidence that you started to mention Vegas and tanking, and my internet all of a sudden decide to you know, yeah crap yeah. out. Can't do but, that. Uh, no, Vegas has a lot of injuries, especially to their top key players. You know, having Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty out of the lineup would be it's the equivalent. That would be like taking Bergeron and Marchand out of our lineup for an extended yep. period of time. <laughs> and we have pasta still because that's their rifle. Exactly. It is. It's so true. Yeah. So, you know, I'll give them Vegas a slide should be here. a wagon. Um, Robin Leonard also has an injury. Yep. And he's going to be out. That's going to be an LTIR situation. Uh, Frank Saravalli reported today that he's going to be out for the remainder of the season with that injury. So I've there's another. I've said that while your connection died, but. Oh, okay. Cool. Okay. Perfect. Yeah, don't worry. Sorry, man. Just double confirming you. Guys. I know some things in hockey, guys. <laughs> it may not seem it, but I know yeah, some Your articles are great, and you, you, you're a degenerate gambler, and you have good success with it, so. I mean, obviously, your boy's been hit in the last. Yeah, time. see, see, look at his face light up. Kid lit up like a fucking Christmas. Craig Smith, like, baby, plus three hundred score goal. I know. How funny wow. was it last night when I texted you guys in the group chat and I was like, "Kev, you have that?" And he was like, "Yeah." I knew because he, he had bet he had bet Craig Smith the last like three games in a row. No, I just won the game before. Yeah, I went back to back, guys. It paid off. Big good, back. good back to back like Drake. All right. So with with more LTIR space, not Drake in MJ, Vegas. MJ, can they bring back Flurry? Do they want to bring back Flurry? Nah, Will Flurry go they there? Don't do it. It's sad. They disrespected him. They're slimy. But that was before Vegas, the Leonard injury. Vegas is so slimy, dude. They have no respect for anyone. They'll drop their coach. They'll drop any player for anything they think's an upgrade at any time. I think Vegas is slimy. Oh, I mean, they're living the epitome of. This is a business. Yeah, no, I know. I know. know? It is a business. And it's been successful. They've ran it as a business and it's worked. So I don't. But their last 10 games are three and seven. They're on a five game losing streak. That ain't great. Yeah, that's. I'm in the Ducks. Five game losing streaks. That Jack Eichel balance is really not looking so good for the Golden Knights. I know. But in the long run, it's going to work. I think they'll be fine. If they can squeak into the playoffs. going to be there, but. Oof. You think he's going to get moved again? No. I think he'll stay there till the end of his contract. I don't think he resigns. I think Jack Eichel wants to be a Bruin. I really feel that way. That was I one of the planned things too. I was going to say on this podcast. I have a plan to say that today. When I was showering this morning, I was listening to, uh, I don't even know what, but I was thinking about Jack Eichel. And I was I was like, Eichel to the Bruins one day. Four years, right? He'll uh, be like 32. Four more years. Yeah. yeah, he'll be like 31 or 32. He's, he wants to be a Boston Bruin. 
I mean, I could definitely see it. I mean, Don Sweeney, if he's still around, will make he's it happen. Not still around. He acquires everything with a uh, a Boston zip code on the birth certificate. Six one seven, and they get you in there. Oh, that's an area code, but whatever. <laughs> I'm not as sharp as it should be. <laughs> but I mean, back to the Vegas. You know, I think they they will be fine. I think they can make it into the playoffs. And I think that an extra $5 million in uh, in cap space from the LTIR will definitely be helpful. Um, once they get into the playoffs, though, they're going to be a juggernaut because most yep. of these guys will be returning <laughs> to the playoffs. They just have to make it. That's the problem. All they have to do is make it. And they might not, but hopefully they do for them, I guess. Fucking, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, and Vegas, quickly, cool city like Vegas, big fan quickly update the the jacob chikrin uh andy strickland uh just sent out a tweet that said he's not saying that it won't happen but it's looking more and more like jacob chikrin won't be moved before monday's deadline and any deal involving him is likely to happen in the summer obviously this could change but that's where we are today well that's sad that's not the news i was looking to hear they must really not be enjoying the packages that they're getting from Boston and LA, which I kind of expected. I think that I think Andy Strickland is used by teams to put out information to create narratives. And I think that that was a little Arizona trying to help because don't forget Bill Armstrong and Andy Strickland are friends. Yep. So, Andy Strickland was probably fed that to tweet to make teams up their offer. Yeah, Just definitely a, a real Just strong. Saying. Uh, yeah, you know what I mean. There. <laughs> like I, I, I still think that Chickren's going to be moved, and like who put like I just that that looks like the most put out there tweet ever. And when when you're hockey, you know you have some inside knowledge like the three of us do. I know that those two are friends. So let's not. Yeah, but at the same token, let's let's roll it back to the beginning here when everybody first started talking about Jacob Chikrin and teams reaching out, the Coyotes made it known that they didn't want to move him, that they only wanted to move him if they were going to get the, you know, the luxury package with multiple assets that, you know, is the quote unquote King's ransom. And I, it wouldn't surprise me if they held on to him and maybe try to get a bigger package in the off season. Who knows? I mean, they could, they really could. And then, I think that's why you keep hearing like Bruins were the second team in on Ben Chirot. but the Bruins could get two defensemen here. Let's not get, I mean, the Bruins could afford Ben half, half Ben Chirot's contract and still afford Jacob Chikrin. But let's talk. Yeah. About I mean, so this is history. the deadline where they've got to go big fish hunting. They have to, they have if to you're the Bruins times running out with this core. And I mean, uh, soon enough, it's going to be build a new core time. So even that aside, you look at most trade deadlines and what Don Sweeney does. He goes out and he acquires depth, 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 depth. Well, what did he do this off season? He acquired depth. all of his deadline bottom six role playing forwards all at once. There is absolutely no more space in the depth of this roster, whether it's defensemen or, you know, in the forward group. 
you're going all out. You're going for superstars right now. It's another Rick Nash style deadline. Like you're going big or you're going home. Remember that? I really wish that worked out. Rick Nash got hurt. RA broke it that he wasn't returning. He was going to retire. And he did. One of my favorite players. Really always liked Rick Nash. That's kind of like, I mean, I feel like that was a pretty good roundup of everything we're hearing. Kind of anything else you have, Connor? Any other name you want to bring up? Um, probably another name that you're going to want to keep an eyeball on as a Bruins fan. Two or one? Um, I think just one. Okay. Left yeah, or right? Should go with the right. Oh, I'll go right. Okay. I'll save my left for somebody else. Calvin DeHaan. Calvin DeHaan. Of the Chicago, Chicago Blackhawks. Black yes. Moderately decent defenseman, kind of bounced around the league. You know, he's in that murky middle of like a second pair defenseman. I definitely think that he's going to be a better fit than a Derek Forbert or Connor Clifton. But then again, you're going to end up with a whole lot of defensemen making over $2 million not playing on the roster. Yeah, and he scored one goal for the last five years. It's kind of a tough look. But <laughs> um, DeHaan was a first-round pick back in 09 by the Islanders. He was a guy I actually was high on coming out of juniors. He's a guy I liked. Um, but hasn't really worked. I, I, I know. it's a, That guy just seems, right? Like a, He seems like a classic Bruins type deadline deal. Like everything falls apart and they're like, we got Calvin DeHaan and Riley Smith. And everyone's mm-hmm. like, yeah. It's like, yeah, so I hope that doesn't happen. But if we're getting Calvin DeHaan, something went wrong. Yeah, absolutely. I, mean, <laughs> yeah. I think if if you're the Bruins for defense, you're stuck on Lindholm and Chikrin. So if the Coyotes are willing to say, oh, well, we're going to keep Chikrin until the offseason. I think that takes the Lindholm asking price and just shoots it through the roof because really he's the only number one target left on the market. If you know that's coming, you make the Lindholm trade before it can happen. That's for sure. Correct. So I don't know. We'll see. I'm going to just stick with the Bruins have to go big, big, big. I think they could use an upgrade on the top top line uh, wing to replace DeBrusque there on the top line. I would rather yep. him not be there. And I think they could... Well, where do you use... put him? Because everything's shirt up right now. Ideally, you're getting rid of him. Yeah, okay. That's fair. Sorry. So, even, even if Sweeney decides that he can't get DeBrusque in a package for a Jacob Chikrin or a Connor Garland, someone you know, of that echelon, you've got to trade them for what you can get. You know, is it crazy to say that you couldn't get a second round pick and a prospect for DeBrusque? Like you got for, you know, Cali Yarncroke last night. Oh, I think he's worth more than Yarncroke. Do you think uh, you could get a first round pick if know. he keeps playing this way? No, because they would have already done it. They would have like, already done it. You know what I mean? Like, no, they would already did it, but who knows? But as we're wrapping things up, I just want to give us a quick word from our show sponsor and friends of Inside the Rink, BetUS. BetUS has your NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year. Some people would be like, Jake, what do you mean? 
NFL, the season's over, but you can go on there. You can bet on the draft. You can bet on off season. You can bet on anything, right? So sign up for betus.com with promo code rink. That's R I N K for 125% sign up bonus. Play with the proven mainstay in the industry. Bet us. You bet you win, you get paid. Betus.com. Paid. Back to your regular scheduled programming. Another thing, guys, you need to be getting your eyes out on Inside the Rink. We have something awesome planned for Monday. Connor is going to be headlining it, and we're going to be doing a live stream pretty much all day. And um, or from 1 to 5 o'clock, we're going to be doing a live stream, and we're going to get all that moving forward. Connor, you want to talk more about it? Yeah, so uh, from 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern, we're going to be live on the air. There will be a few of us on the panel who will stick through the whole show. We'll be breaking the trades down as they happen, be able to talk about outlooks of teams, you know, who certain players could play with, the returns for the rebuilding teams and the sellers. Then, of course, we're going to have some talent sprinkled through inside the rink coming on the show periodically throughout the day. And, of course, we'll have full trade coverage and articles rolling the entire time. It'll be pretty exciting day here and uh if i'm to put uh the cart in front of the horse we're gonna have a very 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 special announcement to go down during this show so you're not gonna want to miss it sorry about me having to stop there my dog was dropping his bone directly outside the door shout out oakley but um yeah no we have some big announcements coming soon that um connor and i have kind of been keeping under wraps for a while and we're excited for everything that's about to come forward for inside the rink. Um, I'm only going to be on the live stream towards the end of the day, probably from four o'clock on, um, depending on kind of how everything's going, I got to work, but I'm excited for trade deadline day. I'm excited for all the inside the rink coverage. And uh, I just want to say thank you for coming on the pod this week. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. And uh, if you want, I'll come back next week. If you guys aren't sick of me on the live stream and this episode, and maybe yeah, we'll we do recap. Bruins uh breakdown and yeah definitely I think it sounds like a plan we'll book it Kev oh yes you're always welcome back here anytime Connie Kevin's facing out because we're yeah, not giving Kevin, him enough NFL content today. Kevin is so ready right now to just rip down a Guinness oh my god yes happy St. Patty's Day happy St. Patty's Day guys let's call Find it me at the local pub let's call it <laughs> have a good one guys bye